0: You're listening to Sascapes, a podcast featuring the stories of arts, culture, and heritage in Saskatchewan. "'Nestled in the wood mountain uplands of Saskatchewan is an area teeming with natural wonders. "'Mastodons and three-toed horses once roamed the hills, but now it's my turn to roam. "'I'm Kevin Power, and today I am in Rock Glen, Saskatchewan, with my first guest, Dr. Dick Oakes, "'whose knowledge of Rock Glen's history is most impressive.' Now, I'm a train fanatic, so you can imagine how excited I was to meet Dick at Rockland's old railway station, which is now Rockland's tourism centre and museum. So I am sitting in the railway station in Rock Glen, Saskatchewan, with Rock Glen resident Dick Oaks, Dr. Dick Oaks. Um, thanks for taking some time to meet me down here. Uh... This is like something from a movie set. So, Dick, are you originally from Rock Glen? I'm originally from just uh, west of here, closer to
1: Wood Mountain, and I took my high school here. Right. And lived. My parents lived here
0: from that time on. <clears throat> Did you practice um, as a surgeon in the area as well?
1: No, no, I was um, I was trained in the states, uh, Saskatch- Saskatoon, and in the states, and then I went to. Uh, Alberta, for, to to practice.
0: Right. Uh-huh. Practice. So then you when you retired, did you come back to here?
1: Yes, I did, actually. It was <clears throat> I had a sister. Have I still have a, I have two sisters, one that passed and the other. The other one who passed... Uh, we came down to visit her, and, and I had my arm twisted, and it's still hanging, it's sort of strange, ever since. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> There's no place like home, right?
1: Well, it was, it's interesting to come back. Yeah. You come back, and... Uh, I went to the doctor's office to get a prescription for my wife, sat down on a row of about five people, and they started telling me what I did when I was 15, which is kind of intriguing when you come
0: back after 40 years. Wow. <laughs> Stuff that you hadn't even remembered. Hadn't thought about. Right. And has it changed a lot since you were in the area growing up? Has it has it, it gotten smaller?
1: It is changing. Um, <clears throat> it actually did get a bit smaller. It was around close to 500 when I left. And it was about three hundred and seventy, I think something when I came back, right. and since then we've been picking up population again, so
0: to what do you attribute the influx of people now
1: uh, well, I tell you it's tourism, yeah right, right. <laughs> No, actually it, it's uh i think I think people have decided that this is a good place to live that's you know they've sometimes you have to have pointed out to you what is in front of you, yeah. and I think a lot of people never really took that into consideration. I didn't. When I left, I thought, well, everybody's got this, so why would I bother, right. you know? Right.
0: <coughs> it really is. I mean, it's beautiful. It, uh, the geography is incredible. I, I must confess, I hadn't expected to see these kinds of rolling hills. Mm-hmm. It's, it <coughs> defies the stereotypical flat prairie.
1: Yes, there's a, there's a real history behind that as well, and that has to do with glaciation. And we we were one of four places in North America that weren't glaciated or very, very lightly glaciated. Right. Instead of having... Um, like in further north, <clears throat> the ice field was up to uh, between a mile and a kilometer and a mile thick. And that much weight just bulldozed everything, flattened it out. Right. So... Um, the hills here uh, were one of the earlier sets of uh, well, one one of the early highlands in the, in the in the country, and we're right where we are is about twenty six hundred feet, not at the, at the top of the hills out here, where the communication tower is just over three thousand. Wow! So this was actually a shore of <clears throat> Great Great Bear Lake, or, or not Great Bear, but uh, Bear Paw Lake, I should say, right. and. Uh, so as the glaciers came this way, um, they actually stopped and flowed around this area. It was high enough that it, that it prevented the glaciers from advancing. So we have uh, all the strata of soil that that were
0: built there initially as, as they right. attracted to the world. <clears throat> it, must, it must be quite a draw for um, archaeologists around the world to come to this.
1: I think they don't know about it. Is that right? Yeah, it, we... There was really very little in the way of uh, stuff going on. In some ways, although we have an archaeological dig on top of the hill, where they found uh, it's the richest Miocene era uh, fossil beds wow. in this in Canada, as far as I know. And uh, we have fossils from a four-tusted mastodon up on the Mats and nature walk wow. and archaeological center. So, so. Um, and a lot of other things, like we have like the concretions and so on. It's, right. There's a whole story goes with this as far as that is concerned. And that usually is part of the F.A. Madsen uh, tour. Wow.
0: And so this train station that we sit in was built... 1928, uh,
1: 1927, and they were working on it. Um, in the winter of 1927, the trains <clears throat> that came here had to go all the way down to Cornac before they could turn around to go... To go back, there was no place to turn until 1928. All right, and then they built a, a branch road out to Kildare, which allowed them to turn around here.
0: Right. <coughs> the railway that came through was not just a passenger railway. It was everything. It yeah, was they everything. had
1: passenger. They had a passenger car on every train, but there was it was a freight train with passenger car on.
0: Right. <coughs> right. And at what point did it cease to become a train station? I was away <clears throat> when that happened.
1: <clears throat> I think it was in the late fifties uh-huh. as far as and uh, it used to be turned 180 degrees from what it is now, and was next to the tracks down where the uh, there are some trees just a block east of here, right? And that's where it' sat. And when uh, <clears throat> when the CPR decided that they were not going to run trains down here, uh, it was bought out by the Fife Lake Lines, and so it's a it's a private line that's run by by the RMs and so on, and goes as far east as Caronac and up to Sintibai. So, are you saying it was
0: actually repositioned?
1: Yeah, when they uh, when they decided they weren't going to be there, then uh, the people here wanted to keep the train station. They said, "Well, you can't keep it on CPR land," <clears throat> so. They made them move it, and, and it's got half to half be... Where we are sitting would have been... We'd have been looking up and down the tracks in this part of it. Oh,
0: right. And <coughs> so, how, your um, your position here now is... Volunteer. Right. And is there a board that, that keeps the station alive?
1: It's a committee of uh, of the town, actually. Right. The Rockland Tourism, Rockland Distant Tourism uh, Committee. And uh, <coughs> so... It's all volunteer and we look after the station and uh, the town looks after us, more or less.
0: Right. We should say that it's not just a station, it is the, it is the town museum now.
1: Yes, and we're hoping to expand the museum part and be able, maybe be able to make more of a visitor, you know, keep it as a visitor center rather than try to make a museum out of it. Right. There's way too much museum stuff to properly display it.
0: Everything's been <coughs> donated by locals over the years.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's fantastic. How many
0: people would come
1: through here in a season? Uh, we had a few less last year. We were just under a thousand. The year before, we were at a thousand or, or just over a thousand. Right. <coughs> so it's that signed the books. Now there are more people who don't sign the book than sure. There are.
0: Sure. Were there any interesting stories when this was functioning as a railway station that come to mind? Um, of the people that ran it, or the, or the more colorful local residents in Rock Glen?
1: Well, I could tell you stories about <clears throat> certain dre people and so on that <laughs> yes. were characters on their own, but I think I don't want to get sued. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, actually, at, uh, when I was growing up, we, we were just friends with the station agents, and the station agents, children who went to school here, and so on, so we had several that rotated through while I was taking my high school mm-hmm. and uh, <clears throat> but uh, I don't have any really good stories about that. Are there any station agents that are still alive uh I don't know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had a gentleman move back into town whose dad was station agent at Carnac for years, right. and and he's uh, there's an old Red Cross hospital up top of the street here uh-huh. that's been refurbished, and uh, he, he he bought that and refurbished it.
0: <clears throat> right, and so when the train station opens at the beginning of the season, you were telling me you had a little bit of a bash.
1: Yeah, we have uh, we have Dogod Day. And Doga day is um, uh, sort of looked forward to it. We, we open and close the Doga day, and Doga Day is actually fried bread, uh, which doesn't sound too appealing, except when you put cinnamon and sugar and, and uh, syrup and various other things that you want to touch it up with. and right. it's, very, it's a very uh, favorite time of year for a lot of people. They all, all
0: come in. Right. <clears throat> I would expect that in a town like this, you everybody knows everybody.
1: Everybody used to know everybody is that right? We have uh, we've had well forty and forty people moved in between uh, the two thousand and five and the two thousand and eleven census and there's been a lot more since right and I don't really know what the population is now <clears throat> but a lot of those people are. Well, uh, Jan and uh, Neil, of course, are part of that group, but right. they've been in for a few years now. So,
0: You're finding a lot of younger families in <clears throat> this area?
1: Um, yeah, it's a mix. It's a mix. I think we're getting it overall to be younger than what it was. Right. But we still got a lot of retirement people here.
0: You've got a, <coughs> you've got a, a meeting room off to the side here with, with tables and a kitchen, mm-hmm. apart from the... <clears throat> Apart from the opening day, um, what else happens in that space?
1: We have a July 1st birthday bash for the people that are over 80 years old.
0: Oh, you have to be over 80? <coughs>
1: well, you can, everybody comes to it, but it's 200 people over 80. So.
0: And how did they make that decision? What's the history behind the
1: uh, There wasn't anything going on. And then uh, we used to have uh, out at Rock Inn Beach, which is uh, on five Lake, there was always ball tournaments and things like that. Right. Um, and ball t- became less of a favorite sport and harder to find people to make teams, and so it sort of dropped off. And uh, so the 1st of July thing was was dropped, and we'd had had the 1st of July forever before. But eventually, uh, after we came back, we thought, well, you know, there are a lot of people here that are over that age. We usually have, oh, a dozen to 15 or so that are over 80.
0: Right. Is there... There's a school here in Rock Glen. I've driven right past it. So, mm-hmm. <clears throat> do you find that the students um, are are taught to appreciate the the uh, the culture and the history uh, around Rock Glen? Are they are they aware of the train station, the significance of the train station? Do they hold do they hold it with the same importance um, as perhaps some of the more senior people would?
1: No. No. <clears throat> no. We're working on that. Right. We uh, we make sure that every year they get our tourism guide, and, and uh, so it gives them a we uh, we do a, a bit of a history thing in each one of those that lays out the history of this part of the country. Right. So you have, uh, I, I think you know I think it's growing, but we don't have we still don't have the farm team. We need the farm team to have the team, and uh-huh. unfortunately, our team is pretty pretty much made up of older people.
0: Right, because I should think that the concern is that the the appreciation and the maintenance of a place like this needs to be passed on to the next generation.
1: Yeah, well, we're, we're trying, right. and uh, we still we still haven't uh, we still haven't bridged that gap back to the back to the high school group like we would like to. Right. But I'll tell you that some of the people that built that are some of the toughest people in the world.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> we and, were discussing uh, yesterday whether whether folks today could weather such such well a You start
1: uh, putting ties and replacing ties underneath of you know, and doing the work every every day. They went out and replaced ties on their little hand carts that they used, and right. And uh, it was it was. Those people were not somebody you wanted to mess with, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: some of those guys I would expect are still alive.
1: I don't know of any. Hmm. There could be. Right. We've lost a few in the last 15, 20
0: years. Is that right? Yeah. Um, how long have you been on the board volunteering? Hey, it's Kevin. I hope you're enjoying the episode so far. Just a quick reminder that the Sascapes podcast is available for free on your favorite podcast app, or you can stream it from your browser. Check out the show notes for the link on the sascapes homepage you'll notice something new under the logo called sascapes plus you can't miss it there's a big button saying support with a heart icon next to it i'd love it if you could click on that button and help keep this podcast series going
1: We actually started in 2003, so it's 11 years now since since we got tourism started as something
0: to do here. Right. And are you a rotating board? I wish. You wish. <laughs> but I'm hearing this all-too-common theme of uh, a dedicated group of people that... In yeah. one way, don't want to give it up, and the other way, feel like they would like to pass the torch on. But, but who does that? Trying to that, bridge that. Is, trying to bridge
1: right. that gap with younger people, and and it's. Uh, uh, one thing about a town of this size is that <clears throat> you're always amazed at how much you can be involved in. There's, you know, there's all kinds of different groups that that do things. Yeah, and a lot of the same people are on different groups, but to they get spread out right. and to try to get try to get them okay so you have the the group that does the rinks and, and uh, the curling rinks and then you have the school group and then you have this group and you have uh, the Rockettes who are <clears throat> an offshoot of the Kinettes that used to be around and uh, you know you just have all these groups that, plus the church groups and whatever
0: so. right no, it is, it's It's quite true. I'm, I'm discovering in, in these small towns there's. they're not lacking for things to do. They've really... Mm, they've no. really <laughs> which is great. What what sort of activities are you most involved in outside of the museum?
1: Outside of the museum? Uh, well, um, there are a group of about <clears throat> three or four or five of us who put out our tourism guide every year. That's usually a couple of months getting that thing underway. Right. And we've just finished... Getting it out last month, so and then there's distribution. After that, you have to get it out if you're going to print up any numbers. So, how do
0: you find the tourist <clears throat> guide? Can you can you write the town to request one be sent? And you pick up one right by Geraldine. Oh, you pick up right, <laughs> right. It, it's right beside me for the people who don't have the advantage of actually sitting here right now. This is uh, a way to contact the <throat> request one?
1: Uh, yes, you, you just uh. Either go on uh, our website RocklandTourism.com, right? Or you can uh, phone uh, 306-476-2002, which is the other way of easily getting hold of uh, some of you if you want them for, a, right. for your area. What we usually do is distribute through the Saskatchewan Tourism um, Distribution System,
0: yeah.
1: And then, and then we have uh, a volunteer group. Well, not a volunteer group, but whoever wants to take some with,
0: yeah.
1: we just hand them out, and they take them wherever they go. So we've had we've had them way down east. We've had them out in B.C. We, people come through, and they find out about things from from things they picked up along the way in various places. Right. Put them in hotels, uh, the um, casino in Moose there. We gave them some this spring, and they were back asking for more. So uh, wherever there's uh, people that are traveling and would be interested. We,
0: we managed to put them out there. There's a festival happening in June, Arts in the Park. Arts in the Park. Arts in the Park. Yep. Tell me about that. Arts in the Park
1: has been going now for probably about seven or eight years. No, maybe it's more than that. Probably close to ten years. And uh, <clears throat> it started as Arts in the Park uh, being the rock and beach park out at Fife Lake. Right. And uh, then it was moved into the into town, and it's actually holding the school complex now, so they can be either inside or outside. That's right. um, um, The people that are interested in, in art and uh, carving and various other things um, all uh, do their work over the winter and, and display them at Arts in the Park on the, in, in June. Right. <coughs> Which, uh,
0: and you can purchase... Yeah, yeah, they're
1: all available, for, all available for purchase, and right. and uh, they do uh, quite frequently uh, demonstrations of of they're doing. Like uh, if you're doing pottery, they have a, a potter that comes this local, and
0: right.
1: and he'll do pottery while you're watching and show you how it's done, or or uh, uh, tile, the way they uh-huh. do the mosaic tile and so on. They, they do all these things and and show you how you paint and
0: whatnot. There's a lot of clay to be found in this area.
1: Yeah, this is a very, very rich and very varied kinds of clay, we right? Bentonite and and uh, uh, oh, right. When you get to me my age, you get a <laughs> disc overload, and that's that's my story. Right. Uh, <coughs> the very varia- various, clays but there's actually pottery clay in paint. the area as well.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, the kind of heat that they can withstand, it varies. Um, yeah from and, and
1: the the quality of and the whiteness of whatever right. you're being making and so on right. has to do.
0: You've got a lot of local artist' work um, hanging in this space. Tell me about some of the locals that are still living here that are represented on the walls of the train station.
1: um well, the uh, the artist that's been probably here the longest is Sandra Lamontine she has. Uh, uh, some work that's uh, been in the uh, the Governor General of Saskatchewan's residence, mm-hmm. and she's uh, actually just gotten better and better over the years. She's she amazes me. Uh, Jackie Ryan has done a lot of the um, <clears throat> lot of the wall murals that there are in town. Right. And um, oh my goodness, Wanda Noss is a, is an excellent photographer. We have part of the group of seven here, or group of ten here that are that. Uh, that do uh, photography. Mm-hmm. Um, Neil, of course, has uh, come down from Regina, and he has his uh, studio where it's predominantly uh, Native American and um, <clears throat> wildlife. Uh, he just does an excellent, excellent uh, job. And, um, yeah, I know I'm, I'm missing many. But um,
0: you're, I mean, that was the... That was really the launching point for me creating these podcasts was that I know that Saskatchewan is just riddled with small towns um, mm-hmm. that th- and, and in these small towns live artists that are extremely prolific, do wonderful work mm-hmm. and we never hear their stories. Um, not everybody gets a book published on their work. <laughs> no. um, yet, it, yet they deserve to have a voice, they deserve to be heard. Have they written any kind of... um. Uh, a history book on the train station or on Rockland?
1: Uh, there have been two history books on Rockland. There's a Rolling Hills and then the Rolling Hills Two. Right. Uh, the Rolling Hills Two, I think, was put out in the '80s, something like that. There <clears throat> probably wouldn't be a bad idea to update that one, but but um, those are the those are the two that have been done. There hasn't been anything specific to the train station that I'm aware of, although I'm sure there are people that you know would know more about it than I do.
0: Perhaps that's the next thing on your to-do list. You never know. <laughs> do you do any art yourself?
1: I I drew when I was a kid. Did I, you? I never, I never followed up on it. I got a little busy.
0: <laughs> right, with this with the surgery thing. Yeah. How many doctors are in Rockland now?
1: None. There
0: are no doctors
1: here. No, we have uh, we have a, uh, a nurse practitioner that comes down. Once or twice a week, right. But other than that, we have to go to a sanovaya for for medical care.
0: I know you're a surgeon, but have there ever been any calls in the middle of the night saying? <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, no, I've been very fortunate. I, I got down here, and uh, they think of me as being the same guy that left. And right. So I, they don't they don't think of me being a, a doctor or a surgeon or anything else. I said I send send conversations, and they're talking about medical stuff, and I just let them talk, and it's kind of interesting. Oh, that's they, good. they don't even think about. It.
0: <laughs> Asking
1: or I they just go ahead and tell me all about stuff that they know.
0: <laughs> they still think of you as the 15-year-old kid. <laughs>
1: Whatever, yeah.
0: Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, you can never go home again, but I, I, sometimes I just don't think that you can ever actually leave.
1: You can never leave it behind. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, regardless whether it's a favorite idea or a bad idea, you, you have it and it's there. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's... For me, it's been uh, an excellent move to come back.
0: Right.
1: In World War II, actually, there were more people came from the Prairies into the Navy than there were from other places, which is kind of an interesting thing.
0: Yeah, I well, my dad was actually um, a member of the Number Eight Canadian General Hospital, which wasn't the Navy, but he was. They were they were originated out of Dundurn, mm-hmm. um, and even though he was born in Nova Scotia, they picked up guys. Um, mm-hmm. On the East Coast for shipping out to um, uh, to England, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, so it's it, it, Saskatchewan played a huge part in the Second World War.
1: It, uh yeah. It's getting to where we only have. Oh, I can't think of more than two or three of the people that were in world war Two in in town now
0: yeah there are very few in the province
1: but we we're very fortunate because one of the gentlemen who just passed left us his complete kit with his helmet and uh, his binoculars and uh, <clears throat> his whole uniform his dress uniform his sleeping uh, bed uh, sleeping bed roll wow and uh, that just came in so that'll be part of our Part of the display when we have space
0: to display, right? You'll need a mannequin to display that, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> go, at least go vertical. Yeah, it's, a, it's yeah. much
1: better if you have something like that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's fantastic that he. You said he's he's he just recently passed. He passed this last year. Right. Yeah. We're we're losing them very quickly. We are. I have a sister who was
1: in the CWAC, and she's. Turned ninety-four. Uh, lives in Medicine Hat. But, All right. But, um, Do you see her often? Not often. No. Mm. We get together for Christmas and, you know, once or twice a year if we can.
0: She's still able to travel at ninety-four.
1: Ah, she's not traveling much now, but right. she uh, she's actually doing better now than she did eight or ten years ago. Right. It's uh, it's interesting. Hardy stock. Prairie folk are. <laughs> yeah, well, you have
0: to be. Uh, no kidding. No kidding to weather all this. But um, <clears throat> Well, you picked a good place to come back to. It really is quite striking here.
1: Yeah. we and, and I found out a lot. I I grew up here and thought, well, this is just the way it is. And, and when I came back, I just looked around and I said, my goodness, there's so much here and there's nobody doing anything with it. What, what's wrong here? Right. What's wrong with this picture? So you ask people. Well yeah I, i've I've heard of how uh, you know the old uh, sitting bowl main camp out there by wood mountain and mm-hmm. but I've never been there I don't you know I don't know why I don't go there but I don't and and virtually anything else you talk about oh yeah I don't I've heard about that but I've never gone there and I've never done that and I still like to get about three quarters of the town out to see what there is because they don't they don't
0: go well. You know, I think that's true of even big <coughs> centers. When, you know, when you live locally, you rarely do the tourist thing. Exactly. But I think that's probably one way to pass on the, the you know, the tradition of caring about keeping these, these, this history alive is to get people to see things that only tourists go to.
1: Yeah, and you need to because uh, this this area. Well the wood mountain uplands uh are just a famous part of of the west the wood mountain itself was one of the and and willow bunch were were two of the main centers when the when they put the border through right they were they were really you know Indian head willow bunch wood mountain uh fort Walsh, and that was all that was all one trail that was that was a Wood Mountain to Fort Walsh Trail this goes west from Wood Mountain and, and uh Wood Mountain to Willow Bunch goes north of here. Uh Wood Martin Wood Mountain to Fort Benton that uh the sitting bolt went back down when he when he left the country. Uh, that's you know, all this all this is in that part of the part
0: yeah. of the country. Yeah.
1: Uh, the Metis that came out from the Red River. Uh, we have a pile of people with Metis history around here. But uh, they came here because they hunted this area. When they, were in, when they were in the Red River, they would come out west in the summertime with their maybe a thousand or more carts and, and uh, they would hunt the summer and go back for the winter and it was a, It's a very interesting piece of history through here.:
0: You're obviously a key part of keeping that history alive. Try. <laughs> well, I think it's fantastic. It's, uh, I hope that, I hope that your enthusiasm gets passed down to the younger generation. Well, thank you for taking the time to uh, to let me uh, poke around the train station. It was, um, I could spend the afternoon here. I'm glad I got here.
1: Well, I'm glad you got here too, Kevin.
0: <laughs> thank you so much, Dick. It was a pleasure to meet you. Yeah, for sure. Dick and I continued talking, and he really wanted to show me Rock Glen's historic nature walk named for a former Rock Glen school teacher, Effie Matson. So I hopped in the car and followed Dick to the other side of town to the base of a very prominent hill called Columbus. A local resident turned up to meet us there, a deer. So now we're in the Effie Matson Nature Walk and Archaeological Center. Tell me who was Effie Matson?
1: Effie Matson was a grade two teacher who uh, was here for a number of years and uh, she was a, a avid uh, naturist and uh, every year she would take her grade 2 classes up the hill here in town called Columbus and uh, the other hills around and they would scour the hills to find what they could find in the way of fossils and rocks and, and every other thing uh, and uh, over the years uh, she developed quite a crew of people that were interested in in uh, archaeology and, and that sort of thing so uh, we uh, This actually is a section house that belonged to the same uh, CPR uh, stuff that was down at the station. Mm-hmm. It was moved up here for a wildlife uh, group. And uh, we bought it from them about six years ago. Um, so now we have <coughs> a place right on the edge of Nature Walk, which involves an entire hill uh, that uh, people can come in, get an idea of of the landscape, and what causes it, and, and the archaeological findings, and so on.
0: Right, and um, is Effie Matson survived by any anyone? Her, uh,
1: yes, her son uh, still owns this land. Uh, we, we actually have it as a, uh, sort of a, not a gift, but at least we have the use of it from the family. Nice. Which is kind of nice. And the family
0: lives here still?
1: They still do, yes. Yeah, yeah, there are several of them around that are from that family.
0: We just saw a deer gallivanting uh, behind the building um, on its way perhaps up a mountain that's behind us, I dare say. By Saskatchewan standards it's a mountain. What is, what is that particular hill called?
1: Uh, it's called Columbus and it's um, it's been, uh, as far as I know, that's been the name, but for uh, as long as I've been around, since the 40s, so.
0: Right. It's hard not to miss. It's pretty dominant it, in the area.
1: The town is partially wrapped around that, so it makes it uh, obvious.
0: Right, and you can hike that mountain?
1: Yes. Uh, it's a free hike. that We have uh, fenced on all sides, and so you just uh, hike anywhere you want to, in within the fenced area is, is the F.A. Mountain Nature Walk. All right. Uh, what we have in here, Kevin, is uh, <coughs> a few displays these are uh, these are shale on this side with uh, a lot of plant fossil uh, appearances you can see this would be a fern and, and oh, wow. this, this has all been found locally here <coughs> and brought in the uh, the pictures on the wall of the various plants and so on is quite incomplete. We have a, a really wide variety of of uh, of, uh, plants that Include thrive a prickly in.
0: pear cactus.
1: Yes. Yes, oh, we yes. have those, and we have pincushion cactus. Right. And you have to watch a little bit when you get toward the top of the hill, because that's- they, uh, sometimes reach out and get you. Uh, mm-hmm. we have a display of aboriginal tools and, uh, aboriginal, uh, handiwork. These were done by Lakota. Uh, the, uh, hand tools are very common here, and if you know what you're looking for and they, a lot of them are that shape, uh, those shapes, um, you'll, uh, you'll see that they're, they're abundant. The rock that is sort of a pink-colored mm-hmm. rock is rock that was uh, used probably by the stonies we, or the centamoins uh, uh, the <coughs> because they cooked with rock. They would heat up the rock and throw it into their cooking pot. And uh, those rocks would often shatter, and they would often have this pink discoloration you know, of some something that's in them.
0: So these would date back to around when?
1: Oh, we have no idea. Wow. They weren't they weren't into planned obsolescence. They uh, they last as long as rocks do. So right. Uh, they're not they're not ancient. Uh, there are some that go back uh, eight to, eight to twelve thousand years in the area, but I'm not. Smart enough to know which ones those are. <laughs> we'll it's, say
0: they're old. They are old.
1: These are all fossils and concretions and uh, petrified wood and and shale uh, that has um, you know various kinds of plants and so on in it.
0: Right. Um, There's trilobite fossils.
1: Yes, those things are are uh, probably f- millions of years old. Indeed, they're really quite old and. Uh, these are found were found on the hills, actually, and those are uh, those are under underwater.
0: Uh, oh, right! They're shells embedded in rock.
1: Yeah. So there's uh, <clears throat> this this valley is actually a glacial outflow valley, and at one time would have been part of a lake, a proglacial lake.
0: And these have all been saved by Local locals people. over the years and donated to the space.
1: Yep. These are, these are the uh, four tested Mastodon fossils that were found uh, just up on top of the hill. Oh, right. About uh, maybe a kilometer from the top of the hill as you're going west.
0: So we've got the front knee and the front tibia, the pelvic spine, and the tusk. Wow, the cap of a femur.
1: The um, the jawbone for this is in the Royal Museum in Regina, actually, the same uh, the same find. Oh, right.
0: Who built this model that we're looking uh, at? This was done
1: by... Uh, some summer students that were here uh, a number of years ago, sometime in the eighties, I think, mm. and we need to get their history.
0: I'm quite surprised that this is not well known by archaeologists around the world. Um, no, if you're if you're into uh,
1: if you're into the, the Miocene era and so on, yes, it is. Right. But, but otherwise, no.
0: But you, it's not common to stumble upon an archaeological site, you said there's just one in the area right now. No. Has hunting season officially begun? Uh, No, no. But there is still a hunting, a designated hunting season? There is a
1: designated hunting system, and they've actually been hunting uh, elk uh, in this country, not for the last uh, few years or some of that. Right. Uh, We have the very odd buffalo go through, uh, and uh, that are wild on their own. The West Block has put in a herd of buffalo, but but uh, the East Block has not yet. So, right.
0: The town clearly takes pride in its in its history. Uh, For such a small town to be able to have these kind of facilities to to show it off is wonderful. Do they bring students through here still? We uh, we
1: uh, we bring in groups that are you know whenever someone says, well, we're kind of interested in archaeological things, Mm -hmm. we're going to bring them up, and then we. They can do the, the hike on the hill and find the rudimentary coal and, and uh, ironstone. There's ironstone up there, the same as was uh, used or was found uh, on uh, the Tyrannosaurus rex, the Scotty, at right. uh, east end. It was encased in ironstone. We have ironstone on the hill. We have uh, a lot of different kind of fossils and so on. <coughs> Someone
0: wanted to climb, uh, hike the hill. How long does it take to get up roughly? Yeah, the, average <laughs> the average
1: person. The uh, average person. Ordinarily, 20 minutes or so, or right. 30 minutes will, will, will take you, unless you're interested. And if you get interested, we think
0: you're going to be there for quite a while. Right. Thanks again to Dick for a great visit and an introduction to what would turn out to be a phenomenal time in Rock Glen. Thanks for listening. The Sascapes podcast is created by Kevin Power as part of the Culture Days Animateur program operated by Sas Culture. Funding to the cultural sector is provided through the Saskatchewan Lottery's Trust Fund for Sports, Culture and Recreation. If you want to hear more of these podcasts or to see the great work being done by other Sas Culture animateurs, please visit www.iheartculture.ca. Special thanks to Paved Arts in Saskatoon for their technical support. Music for Sascapes is provided by Saskatchewan-born singer-songwriter Jeffrey Straker. There is no end to the stories to be told. So, until next time...